Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. We are in no position to be able to defend ourselves in any way whatsoever. Ireland is defenseless. Every time that it happens, we have to talk about how the good men feel. Help us. Without G backing us, putting it on the air and telling the people how important it is, then it wouldn't have gone anywhere. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Extra WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Oh, lads, can we just let the fishermen run the country? Can we just let them take over please like as of midnight tonight they did it again they chased off the Russians uh, we thought at the end of the show yesterday that uh, the French had pulled a fast one on them uh, and gotten in early <laughs> no they have they're coming alright but they're moving outside the boundary where the fishermen were concerned about. That's brilliant. Once again, they've said, no, up with this, we will not put. And the French have had to go away with their tails between their legs. Oh, lads, can we please just let them run the country? Good morning, Tuesday morning. Uh, 0818 96 96 96 the number of the text or whatsapp is 083 396 96 96 your email is opinion at 96fm.ie have a lot to do so we'll get through it as quickly as we can sometimes you turn on the news and you hear something and you pick up the paper and you read something and you go he said what he said what Cork's top copper our leading Garda has rejected suggestions that people are afraid to visit or to socialise in the city centre. This is despite all of the brawls that we've seen. The one five minutes away from us here down in McCurtain Street, there was one in North Main Street. There's one every weekend. But Chief Superintendent Tom Myers said the city is safe. And nobody should be afraid to come in or to visit or to socialise. I'm reading from Old English in the Examiner. He was speaking at the Joint City Joint Policing Committee meeting on Monday. Our reporter, Katie O'Keefe, has some more for us. Katie, good morning. 
Good morning, PJ. I suppose I'll start with a few of the standout figures from yesterday's JPC. Um, So rape and sexual assault in the first five months of this year compared to the same time last year have risen. Rape of a male or female has risen from 18 to 28, while non-aggravated sexual assault has risen from 40 to 50. However, Tom Myers, he told the meeting that some of those cases are historical and they can't all be contributed to happening in the five months. Uh, Property crime probably was the most shocking. It rose overall 76% from 860 cases to 1,516. And Gardaí are currently noticing a trend that a lot of drive-offs are happening in petrol stations. So staying then with the property crime theft of a vehicle, they saw a rise of 164% with 156 so far this year in Cork City compared to 59 last year. Uh, car theft is currently a seven-year high and Gardaí have expressed their concern for those with particular Japanese imports. Yeah. Um, so the cars from the Asian market are being taken. There's been 30 in Cork so far because they are not fitted with immobilizers um, and they they haven't identified the make of the car due to their actual investigations ongoing, but they are appealing to those who own Japanese imports to explore fitting old-style steering wheel locks yeah, he he was he admitted did he that we are low, lower we've fewer Gardaí now than we had three years ago. He did yes. Um, so he expressed that he understands that more boots on the ground might be needed, but he doesn't feel that people can't feel safe coming into the city centre. Uh, a lot of the public representatives at the meeting did not agree. Um, Councillor McNugent, he suggested that the disused coffee pods, you'd see them on the Grand Parade or the South Mall, that they could be a base for Gardaí on foot patrol, uh, that they could set themselves up inside there so the public in the city centre would have a base to go to close by. Yeah. the the Lord Mayor Councillor Colm Kelleher, he is also the chair of the City JPC. He has confirmed he is writing to Commissioner Drew Harris to arrange a meeting at a future JPC. Um, I, I don't think the public representatives really agreed with the sentiment that people feel safe in the city. I don't I, I don't think there was that feeling of agreement there. Yeah, he he. According to the uh, examiner, because um, Chief Superintendent Myers doesn't do interviews, and that's his right, I guess. He said, "I don't see what people are afraid of. From my point of view, I see it in the analysis of incidents that are reported to us. Obviously, there are incidents that are not reported, but I think the city is in a good place at the moment. You can walk around and see people eating out, socialising." And we're tackling a lot of the tidying up in the city, dealing with beggars and antisocial behaviour at various locations. And he also said the nighttime economy seems to be working well. So he says people, this idea that people are afraid to come into the city, he said that he, he believes there's nothing in it. Well, crimes against the person in the city rose 62% this year from 403 to 651. And this is just the city. This is not Cork County. This is just the city. Assaults causing harm are up 95%, while minor assault is 61%. Now, public order incidents, they did have a rise, but that is due to the night economy reopening compared to this time last year. So, but the rise is still there. Uh, Drug offences have, they have dropped, but Gardaí say that is due to the significant 
drug seizures in recent months, that there's usually a bit of a drought after that. Yeah. Crime, so the crime figures are up, including assaults, personal assaults. How much do you say the assaults are up by, Katie? So the assaults causing harm are up 95%, while minor assault is up 61 And he says there's no reason why people should feel unsafe coming into town. Yeah, The Japanese cars thing, have they suggested that people go out and buy an old-fashioned lock? They have, yes. So they want people who own a Japanese import or an Asian import car to explore fitting the old-style steering wheel lock. Um, May 2022 overall saw the most reported car thefts in Cork, a new high from October 2015. Uh, so it, it is up there, but it's particularly the Japanese cars at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'll be talking to TikTok motoring expert Bob Flavin a little bit later this morning. I'll be asking him about that because we were talking about uh, Japanese cars with him the last time he was on. Some of them don't have an immobilizer in them. So, so yeah. So, Katie, thank you for that. Anything else outstanding that you wanted to tell me about from yesterday's meeting? Uh, no, I think that the car would be the main one. The other one, Gardy did appeal to people. Uh, domestic violence figures are up 20, 20%. There was 638 this year compared to 511 last year. And uh, Gardy are encouraging people to keep coming forward with these um, and they're working closely with the victims. Yeah, and he also said that we have 15 fewer Gadi than we did three years ago, and that's just weeks after the Gadi Representative Association's uh, executive member, Paddy Harrington, said on this programme, on the opinion line, there were about 100 guards short across the city and county at any one time. Thank you, Katie. Uh, that's, of course, 96M News reporter Katie O'Keefe, who was at that JPC meeting yesterday. But you heard the figures. They heard the figures. Crimes are up. Assaults are way up. These are official figures. So in, even though those figures are out and they're all up and we've had the brawls and the fights and people kicking seven colours out of one another in the middle of the day here in Cork City in broad daylight multiple times over the past number of weeks and months. We have our top cop, our chief superintendent saying that people has rejected the idea that people are afraid to visit or to socialise. And he said, and I'm quoting from Own English in the Examiner, uh, he said, I don't see what people are afraid of. From my point of view, I see it in the analysis of incidents that are reported to us. How do you feel about what he's been saying? Do you feel safe coming into the city? Look, I was in the city yesterday evening about uh, between half five and about seven o'clock. And it was a beautiful, beautiful summer's evening in the city yesterday. And people were out having a drink in the street. He's right there having a drink, having a bite to eat, socialising in general. Um, but I'm sure somewhere there was trouble. People that ring this programme generally don't feel safe coming into town. See what you think. Uh, pop us a voice message, if you like, at 83 396 96, 96. I got to tell you, I got to give credit there to where it's due to Mick Nugent, Sinn Féin councillor Mick Nugent. That's, I think, a brilliant idea. We were talking about it in the newsroom this morning and we were going over this. You know, down there on the, just on, on, on the Grand Parade, there's a, a couple of empty pods where there used to be coffee shops and the coffee shops aren't there anymore. That's a brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant idea. Put a little guard station in there so that all the cops that are on the beat in any one shift 
They just use that as a base. That's that's genius. I'm sorry, that is brilliant. Um, I wonder how it'll how it'll. It won't happen. I don't think. I don't think it'll happen. But it's a brilliant idea. How do you feel about the safety of the the city centre? I just don't get the bit where, and again, look, it's his right and his, you know, he's within his rights to to decline interviews. Um, but the figures are up, especially assaults are up, up. You heard Katie, figures are up in assaults, and yet. Our top cop, Chief Superintendent Myers, a man for whom I have great respect, still he says, I don't see what people are afraid of. 0818 Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Hidden Hearing, tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. Hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Do you agree with Chief Superintendent Myers, who is effectively saying, I wouldn't like to misquote him or take him out of context, but what he seems to be saying is nothing to see here, move on. 0818969696. There's another great story in the examiner this morning. Ken Fox is writing this one. The, the St. Patrick's Day trips that councillors go on. Uh, this year, five councillors and six officials went to New York, Chicago, and Detroit for St. Patrick's Day, and they ran up. Oh, they ran up some lovely bills. Now, the flights cost about 18 grand and another 18 spent on hotel accommodation. Now, I thought, thought now, maybe I'm an idiot. I thought we were guests when we go to these places. And generally, you don't ask your guest to pay for their accommodation. But anyway, that's a by the by. They went to a restaurant called Gage in Chicago but they dropped 1100 quid. I mean at the be- now they weren't all in they weren't, they weren't all in Chicago but they dropped 1100 dollars. Three bottles of white wine, bottle of red wine, a steak, two prawn cocktails. And they ran up 1100 dollars. They went to Il Punto in New York. They dropped 148 quid there. But they went to the Dearborn. This is a, a very top-of-the-range restaurant in Chicago. And look, you know, you go to the best places when you're visiting, when you're supposed to be a guest. I'm using the word guest, right? So they had, they dropped 1,670 euro at the Dearborn in Chicago. Or sorry, dollars, 1,670 dollars, but 1,500 euro. And then they dropped... Vivio's in Detroit, okay? You know, you need a drink to keep yourself going, right? You need, a, you need to sustain yourself when you're traveling. It's busy, hard work. Five Bloody Mary. Five Bloody Marys, snacks and other drinks. Probably a pint or two there. Can't all be Bloody Mary drinkers, are they? Um, surely it was a now pint of Guinness or a 
point whatever, but $177 dropped in, in Vivio's. At the Gage in Chicago. Oh, I love this. They had two lobster bisques. It's far from lobster bisques. Some of these fellas were reared. Two lobster bisques. Thirty dollars. That's not. That's not actually very expensive for lobster bisque. To be fair, but the bottle of wine. Shalahe <laughs> Pinot Noir red wine. Sixty-four bucks. Uh, and there was a banner. Oh yeah, a banner. <laughs> they had a banner for for the council, so they could be met. Right? This is brilliant. A banner, a welcome banner. Two hundred and sixty quid. It goes on and goes on and goes on. Oh wait, what? Well, I, I just thought that, I thought there were guests. I don't know the last time I brought anybody out with me to be my guest, and had them pay for their dinner or their drinks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Your thoughts on that, or anything we're talking about uh, by voice message, if you wish to. Oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six. We'll come back to the car thefts later and other motoring matters. Bob Flavin, uh, TikTok star, uh, motoring an, an analyst and expert on TikTok, was on with me a couple of months ago. We've lots of people saying, "Bring him on again, bring him on again." So he's on again today, and we're talking about a few motoring issues. Uh, I'll bring that up with them. The uh, the Japanese exports that are being stolen right, left, and centre. But I want to return to a topic of conversation that uh, dominated a lot of our time last week on the program, and I speak of the topic of mental health. So, Daniel, you were listening to my conversation with Emma O'Sullivan, a very emotional uh, chat. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. And if she can turn that inner strength in, into recovering from where she is, she'll be brilliant. She just needs help. But, but it, it struck a chord with you. Yeah, uh, thank you, PJ. Yeah, I, um, I suffered mental health myself, and I suffered very bad a uh, number of years ago which led me to have three nervous breakdowns and I nearly took my own life. Mm. Um, but thankfully, uh, due to my fiance, I, she literally rescued me at the, the cusp of time. And, um, she gave me that hand out of the darkness when I, when I needed to see the light, thankfully. Mm. What happened to you? How much do you want to tell me? Tell me as much or as little um, as you want. I literally, I lost very close friends through sudden death and through, sadly, due to suicide and lost family members. And, you know, I felt like life can't get much worse, or life can't get much worse. Like, mm-hmm. um, like it's... I was just stuck in a dark hole and at the time I didn't know I was suffering from depression but literally I've kind of I've opened up and I've thankfully I've learned to talk yes and uh, get my feelings out there and like they say a problem shared is a problem halved and I would definitely anyone that's listening to the show I would 110% ask them just reach out and talk. It's, believe me, it, that day when I opened up and I reached out and I talked, 
Mm. That was the best day of my life. It it changed my life for the better. Well, you're you're on that side of it now, but go go back to the other side. I I assume oh. that before you reached out to talk, mm. you thought you never could explore that a bit. No, I I felt like I was stuck in a dark cave, like it was just bottomless, and I just. I just couldn't get to the light and I like I was just suffering and I was drinking a lot and I made some very very stupid decisions mm. and thankfully I had a handful of very 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 good friends that I literally I'm eternally grateful to mm-hmm. and I will if they ever rang me and ever wanted anything, I wouldn't think twice before returning the favour to them. And if someone had said to you then, Daniel, just talk to me, what's going on? If someone came, these great friends that you have and got them, you're so lucky to have them, but these great, mm. obviously they were saying to you, what's up, what's going on? And what would be your reaction when, when someone said... Um, well, my initial reaction was, uh, do you know, the typical stereotype Irish male... I'm grand, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. But deep down, I was like, why why didn't I just tell that person my problems? And, and did you want to? Deep down, I did, but I just could not get the courage. It was like, you know, climbing 90% of the mountain and you're ready to say it. And I just literally chickened out last minute every single time. And were you afraid that they'd reject you or laugh at you or what was it? Um, I was just af- afraid really you did say, oh, do you know, um, can I get over it? You'll be grand. Like, you know, as generations, generations have done before. Yes. It was the old way. Cop on. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, yeah, sure. Get up and dust yourself off. You'll be grand. Like as if yeah. you just fell off your bike, but. Sadly, mental health is a lot worse than falling off a bike. Sure. And before you were persuaded to talk, and I'll get to that in a minute, like how how mm. how how close did you come to not coming back? Oh, literally two seconds. Literally, I would have, if my fiancé didn't come in, for maybe we'll say even if she didn't come in till five seconds after I was I was up on RIP.ie and wow. sadly I'd be I'd be a number and a statistic and whatever else you want to call it. You were that close. Oh it was literally at the blink of an eye and I'm forever, ever thankful to her yeah. and to my three or four very, very good friends at the time. And I I would I would really ask everyone that like no matter how big or small you think your problem is, whether it's paying your ESB bill, your mortgage, or you know, you mightn't have money for cigarettes or a bottle of milk, just even you might know your neighbour or you might know who's living two doors up or whatever, but just knock and say, hello, I'm your neighbour. I'm, you know, I'm 
could I have a talk with you, like? And even if you haven't got a friend or a family member, approach a total stranger. Yeah, I've I've spoken to people from all over. Well, not alone all over Ireland, but people from Australia, America, Canada, South America, South Africa. And um, I actually met a really interesting chap from Australia. And he said he was just stuck in this tunnel of doom, is what he called it. And he said he walked down the road from his house to the bus stop and just opened up and started talking to this random individual at the bus stop. Crikey. And, like, I, with all the technology and everything, I wish there was something there that day that I could reach through the phone and just giving that man a hug. Yeah. You know, saying, you know, fair play. You don't even realise the difference you've made to your life. And you know that moment when, like, yeah. it was your girlfriend found you, and we won't go into any more detail than that, but, but that was a moment that if she hadn't found you, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But the moment, no. the moment Daniel, when you realise, I'm going to talk, I can talk. Somebody said yeah. to me once before, you just don't stop then. No, I I literally, my fiancé goes to me, she goes, look, you need to talk to a professional. And um, I was like, ah, no, I'd, like, I'd be grand. And she goes, no, seriously, she goes, this, this needs to be sorted. And I was like, ah, I said, I'd be grand, sure, I'd bottled it up I said for 27 years like sure what's another what's another couple of years like or months hmm. you thought you could ride it out like a storm again yeah I thought you know Ira will kick the can down the road again and you know when we'll crack up again sure we'll just deal with it like but uh, no thankfully she put me in touch with an absolutely amazing doctor I I could honestly say Without him, my fiance and my couple of friends, I would literally be six feet under today. Wow. And the first time, Daniel, that you did break the ice, crack yeah. the egg and start talking. Oh, how, does, how does that feel? How does that actually feel? I felt like I was literally about 40 stone weight and I had all the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I literally sat with my doctor for, I think, was it 48 or 58 minutes? Right. And he just sat there and he just talked to me. He listened to me. And he wasn't one of those kind that just go, hmm, yeah, and keep nodding. He actually took in what I said. He gave me a tissue. He gave me a pat in the back. And he said, you know, he goes, fair play. He goes, you're after making one massive step to a brighter future. Wow. And I literally, after the 48 or 58 minutes, I we had our chat and he discussed whatever treatment that was there. I came out of the doctor's surgery and for the first time in about 27 years, I heard the birds, I saw the sun, I saw the light, I could hear everyone laughing. I felt like I had lost 35 of the 40 stone. 
Good girl. Do you put that so well? Yeah, it was. It was absolutely. It's a. It's a feeling that I would encourage anyone, even if they wanted to contact me, I would listen to anyone's story or anyone's problems, and like believe me, if you'd like, if you do open up and talk to anyone, even buy yourself a tape recorder or something and talk into it, if you're really, really shy, it will be the best ever decision you will make in your life, ever. And you've now, you're you're much better these days, I take it. I mean, how are you? I literally, I, last February, I made, well, with thanks to my partner again and a few very close friends, they said, why not turn your experience into something positive? And I was like, how do you mean? They goes, why not set up um, a support page on social media? So between me and a couple of friends, we came up with the name Head to Head Head Mental Health Support Group. And we just came up like with putting two heads together is better than one like. And I have met absolutely amazing people, not alone from Ireland, but from Canada, America, um, Australia, Chile, Iraq, Ukraine, Russia, you name it. I've talked for hours on the phone to um, policemen from America, airline pilots, um, chefs, taxi drivers, you name it. One thing that Emma was talking about was the what she sees as the lack of understanding in the yeah. public services of, of where it's, people like her are. It's to me when I before I opened up, I had witnessed it with friends, you know, friends that were literally on the edge, and we kind of made a joint decision. I'd say, right, we'll say, John. I'm going to bring you to the hospital and they'll get you help. But like, literally, I wasn't after starting the car again and my body would be out and he'd say, oh, look, they gave me a letter and um, a couple of tablets. Right. Like, a letter for 12 months or two years down the line and a packet of tablets ain't going to help mental health. Yeah. Fair enough, they say they don't have budgets there. Like Mary Butler, the Minister for Mental Health, which I didn't even know there was a specific minister until I actually suffered myself. Um, They got a budget for this year alone of 1.15 billion Hmm. for mental health services alone. Like that, that's up 47 million from 2021. And being honest... I actually haven't seen any difference in the health service, let alone the mental health service, in the past 15 to 18 years. Well, I guess if, if so many people are coming forward to you, mm. uh, there obviously isn't something in the system for them to come forward to. Like People like you shouldn't have to do what you're doing. 
Yeah, I, but like I, you I love kinda, it. You, you, know, you love it now, do you? Yeah, I actually like. Even if you ask my partner, like I love motorsport and kind of fishing and literally anything with an adrenaline buzz. I love, and like I could be there five years ago. I could be sitting down gawking into the phone watching some pointless, stupid video. Whereas now I could be on a Zoom meeting with could be up to 39, 40 people from all over the world. And we literally laughing our heads off and just... Sounds brilliant. It actually, like, it's actually helped me deal with my problems and... Some people would probably say, oh, sure, if you take on someone else's problems, how does that help your problems? Hmm. But each person could be different. I'm just saying that this is this is what helped me. And I, I would go, I would walk a mile in anyone's shoes if I knew it would help them. So where can people find this page of yours? I know there's a page and there's TikTok. Who, who looks after it all for you? Well, my partner is the kind of, how would I say, the brains of the operation, really. Yeah. She's the tech guru, yeah. And um, it was her idea and a couple of more members in the group of uh, setting up a Facebook page because I originally had gone on TikTok and being social media. I said, ah, sure, you know, if I could help a person in each county of Ireland, I'd be happy. Yeah. But within, what was it, 28 days, I had reached 35 countries and I literally froze with the shock. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like there was people from Australia saying, oh, good morning from Melbourne and Sydney and thank you for setting up this group. Wow. and. They're listening in from Canada. There was one fella. He was he was um, living off the grid, and he was listening to my my um, live videos on in his log cabin out in somewhere in deepest darkest Canada. <laughs> and I was like, I was literally gobsmacked. I could not believe. I'd say you were. Yeah. I'd say you were. So. And like, where can we find it? What the, the Facebook page is called? Facebook page is called Head to Head Mental Health Support. Right. Head to the number two and head. Right. The email address and the whole lot is visible on the Facebook page. Within a week and a half, we had about 1,200 members literally bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Straight in on the Facebook page. Brilliant. People from literally everywhere as well. There was firefighters who had gone through traumatic jobs and people that lost loved ones. And, like, your heart would go out to them, even though they could be 100,000 miles away. You'd still feel like reaching to the phone and giving them a hug and say, look, keep talking. It's going to be a lot, lot better once you get it all out. 
And you know, I'll finish with that one, Daniel. Mm-hmm. The message you gave me at the very start, and you want to, it's the it's probably the hardest conversation you'll ever start. But you're pleading with people, talk for your own sake and your families. Don't take what I call now the shortcut. Don't take your life because your family, your friends, your neighbours, everyone will have to deal with that till the day they die. Just even come on to us on Facebook or on TikTok and you don't even have to give us your real name. You could say, hi, I'm Joe Bloggs. I'm from Afghanistan or wherever. Yeah. Just You can just type in a message. Um, we'll talk to you as if like, there's no professionals whatsoever in the group. We're all a group of... You're people who've been there and are still there. They've been there, done that, got the T-shirts and got the badge, like, and we have all, like, we all kind of click because we've all been down the road and we all have different similarities no matter what our experiences were differently like and I would urge anyone at all who's literally contemplating it don't really really don't just take a moment take a few breaths and talk yeah just literally talk we're not professionals we're just ordinary people like themselves all right listen good man and the best of success to you and thanks very much for being with me today no bother thank you very much PJ that's Daniel. Lovely, lovely guy. Um, head to head, you'll find them on Facebook or on TikTok. Um, it's a very, very, very strong message in what he's saying. Uh, bit of love in the room for him too. Absolutely brilliant. A very brave man for speaking out. He's probably helping so many people just today alone. He should actually be a counsellor himself. He'd, he should be so proud. Uh, well done to Daniel for talking so openly about his mental health. That's from Michael. I suffer with mental health big time, but I take every day as it comes. But hearing about it on the news and the radio and social media telling me to get up and to talk actually makes it a little bit worse. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but that was Daniel's very, very strong message. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. Yeah, we got some response to the expenses uh, stuff that I read out. I'll come back to them, but, but Kit says, Yes, PJ, I was nice and relaxed having my bit of breakfast until you started to read out about that. It beggars belief, says Kit. I'll come back to those messages. I might even do some of those figures against you. In case you missed it the first time, people are busy. Now, Ashling, I know that uh, we, you've, you've said and you promised us that you won't name anywhere. It just makes it easier if you do that. But um, what's been happening to you? You're, you're a guide dog user, yeah? Good morning. Good morning, PJ, and good morning to your listeners. Yeah, um, June 2019, I got my first guide dog and was loving life and everything was going okay. And when I started using public um, taxis, I started noticing that I would start to have a few issues with um, gaining access into taxis. So with avoidance then I just said, okay, um, I wouldn't like maybe, I just maybe resort to or go back to maybe walking or using buses. 
but in the last two years now, um, I've had a number of places where I've had like um, refusals. Um, I've had a few hotels. Um, there was one hotel in the county there down in Yall. Um, there was another one yeah. in... Sorry? That's just not identify anything, yeah? Oh, yeah, I wanted to... It was just in the Yall area, and I had another one down around the Waterford area. And then on Saturday there, I was out and about with my family, and we went to go into a premises, and I was met by... Um, Sorry, the dog can't go in with you. Um, the dog can stay here at the counter with me. So, and I was thinking, but the dog is my eyes. I need the dog to guide me around the building. So I and just I take it, sorry, people, Ashling, you have a full harness and the dog wears his official harness and all of that, yeah? Oh, yeah, and I have a card as well that right. we can produce a card and all of this. Um, and when I asked, I was greeted by, um, I don't know what our policy on dogs is. And then I said that you do realise that legally that these dogs are allowed in. So in the end, um, after having um, a kind of a discussion about it, I was allowed in in the end. And in this other cafe two weeks ago as well, um, after having a discussion as well, um, but I just felt very awkward. I could, When I did sit down to have my cup of tea with my partner, I just felt as if we were looked upon and that we were, that maybe the people were saying, would they ever just get up and leave? And actually, and just, a, just yes. a question, and this is purely a question of, of, of interest. Like, when you go in and you sit down and you have your tea and scone or whatever you're going to have, what the, the the dog is trained then to behave in a particular way, isn't he or she? They, they, they literally just sit down and wait to move on. Isn't that right? Yeah, they're um, trained to curl up kind of as small as they can. And like you take them in out of the passageway so yes. that they, they won't be like a trip hazard or anything. They sometimes in. go under the they table, just, don't they? They do, yeah. They go, they go underneath the table or underneath your chair. Like they're supposed to be not seen if uh, if at all possible, you know, provided yeah. on how big of a space you have to work with. And then they wait there until you finish and then you just get up and you just leave and um like that so and, and then like you just keep the dogs groomed and yeah. stuff like this so that they're not going to be leaving too much hair or anything around the place after yeah, yeah. them yeah 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 no and and the law says they're entitled to go in and uh, that's true that's the case oh, it is yeah right, and like okay. when um the health the health we get a card when we go to the training centre and do our two weeks in the training centre, when we leave, we get a card that has our name and the dog's ID number and to say that the health the health minister or the health crowd that they have given the okay for the dog to be in a food premises. I see. I see, because they're trained specifically how to behave rather than a typical idiot like I have at home who jump up on the table and start eating my dinner. That's not going to happen with a with a guide dog because they're trained. And, and I've seen autism mm. assistance dogs doing the very same thing. They just get in under the table and sit quietly until they're signaled to, yeah. to move. Did, did, did someone, again, no names, did, did someone try to charge you as well to keep the dog with you in a hotel? Oh, they did. Um, a particular hotel, they wanted um, 35 euros a night and I asked, what's that for? And they said the additional cleaning of the room because of having the dog in the room. And I said, but you're not allowed to charge for guide dogs. Yeah, yeah. So... 
Because I do know one well, hotel that I go to myself with, with the family once or twice a year. It's in Kerry, and they have a doggy-friendly policy, but I, that they charge a couple of quid for cleaning, obviously, after the dog. But guide dogs are not charged. Yeah, yeah, they shouldn't be charged. Yeah, and I know actually of another hotel there as well that um that I know a couple that were that they had a dog and they were told once the management found out that the girl had a dog, they said that they're booking that they cancelled the hotel cancelled their booking. Yeah, yeah, just and then uh, another place then said that they could stay okay, but they had to stay in a certain room, in a room that didn't have carpet and it was on the ground floor. So like it wouldn't be like you if you booked into a hotel, you could be just given any room. Yes. But they ever said you can stay, but you have to stay in a particular room. I see, I see. So that again in itself is is a limitation. Now, I suppose people might say, well, look, you know, you it's just a limitation, but you'd say no, that's that's unfair in itself. Yeah, and what I'm kind of worried about is my daughter, um, we're going to be celebrating her communion next year. Yes. And I'm left there now thinking, like, what do I do on the day? Do I bring the dog with me? Because knowing that we'll be going into maybe into a hotel or a restaurant for a meal, we could be going into a different building for photographs. Um, we Will we will we have issues in the church or yes. all of this type of thing? Because like you're it's not, when you're not sure, and, and that's that's a, that's a very very good point. Yeah, when, when my daughter is going along with me there, like, and when she's kind of seeing this at the doors of places, like, will she be growing up as her memory of her mammy getting stopped going into places? I gotcha. Yeah, we had someone as well on the phone. Um, can Ashton clarify? It's illegal to discriminate. We we got some some uh, stuff from the Equal Status Act. Guide dog owners cannot be discriminated against under Irish law on the grounds of disability. Uh, It will usually be against the law to discriminate in this way. Anyone who provides goods, facilities or services to the public cannot, without a lawful justification, treat a disabled person less favourably than a comparable non-disabled person by refusing to provide the service for a reason relating to the disabled person's disability. It's uh, pretty much a, a preamble. The DDA also requires service providers to make reasonable adjustments to any of their policies. Uh, yeah, uh, assistance dogs in taxis, we're checking that one. Um, it is likely that a service provider such as a restaurant or cafe may be obliged not to enforce a no-dogs policy in respect of assistance dogs. By assistance dogs, they also mean guide dogs. And with regard to the taxis, now there's an interesting one, Ashley, you mentioned that. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a criminal offence for taxi drivers to refuse to accept a booking from and for taxi drivers to refuse to carry a disabled person on the grounds that he or she wishes to be accompanied by an assistance dog. Yeah. That's interesting. The, um, maybe, maybe the, what you get what you get a lot of the time from the taxi drivers is that when they do go to refuse you, that they say that the next passenger getting into the car then would not want to get into their car because of the, the smell from the previous person being in the car with their dog or with the few hairs maybe left in the footwell yeah, of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not they're not legally allowed to do that. They're not, yeah. they're not legally allowed to do that, according to my understanding of what's in front of me. Fergal is pulling up clips of the act there as we speak. But your worry is 
like I said, you have a communion coming up next year. I know you're planning. You're planning well ahead. I guess when you're when you when you're using assistance, so you kind of need to, which is unfortunate in itself. But you're just yeah, it's just a, the constant worry. Like even now over the summer, there we'll be doing a lot of things, and it's just the the constant worry: Are we going to get stopped when we're going into this place? And are we going to go get stopped going in there? And you're always thinking about it at the back of your head, you know. Yeah, no. Thanks for bringing that to our attention because there's lots of people using uh, guide dogs and indeed assistant dogs. And I'm glad from this, they both come under the same uh, act. They both come under the same legislation. You cannot refuse uh, admission to someone who has a guide dog. Ashling, thank you very much. 0818-969696. You'll see it and I'm just going to think one shop in particular that I know well is the Tesco, say, down in Mahan Point and they have a very strict no guide dogs or sorry, sorry, no gu- no dogs sign but specifically assistance dogs accepted. You can't bring, you can't bring in your own little doofus on her lead but you can bring in a guide dog or an assistance dog. And that is by law. You must be able to do that. When we're adoring Adele, are you thinking, it's not easy on me? And has our love of Justin Bieber got you not wanting to stay? What I want. Tell us the music you want to hear. And what songs should disappear with the Cork's 96FM Music Panel. Take our 10-minute music survey. And you could win a 100-euro penny voucher. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or see 96FM.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 969696 word but that's as a by the way so the 21st of June longest day of the year the shortest day of the year is the 21st December that is 182 days away Christmas by the way seems we're talking about these things is 186 days away I know that's all jazz weekend 128 days away the year is galloping by well the clocks go back for the winter in 130 days. Just thought you'd like to know these things on Tuesday the 21st of June. <laughs> Good morning. I'll come back to lots of your comments on things like mental health and the guide dogs and all of that a little bit later on, just holding on to them for now. The Workers' Party want, to, want us to tell you they're holding a public meeting on the housing crisis this evening at the Maldron in Cork City and all are welcome so we just want to mention that this came up earlier talking to Katie O'Keefe about the JPC meeting and it's in the news this morning where guards are saying to people who have Japanese import cars uh, maybe they would consider getting a steering wheel crook lock you know those ones the old fashioned ones where you put on the because a lot of these imported cars don't have an immobilizer unit and they're easy to hotwire and start and, and, and take away and there's been a quite a number of thefts of such vehicles in Cork over the last couple of months uh, according to this 
Cork City Garda Division figures, there was 156 thefts of cars between January and May of 2022. And a fair percentage of them was of Japanese imports. It prompts us to bring back a man who was uh, very popular when we brought him on a couple of months ago on the programme. Good to catch up with him again. He's uh, he's on YouTube, he's on TikTok, he's all over the place. He's been driving around with a Garda Escort of late. I must find out what that's all about. Bob Flavin, good morning to you. Good morning. How's things? Good. I'll come back to the Garda Escort because I was laughing at your videos this morning. But start me off on, on, <laughs> on the Japanese imports because the last time that you and I were talking, you mentioned that they're still there. You can still get them. But some of them might have the dashboards in Japanese and you might be able to change them and all that. But what's this about immobilizers? So a lot of Jap imports cars, particularly the smaller brands of ones, these are cars you've probably never seen on the road before. So you've never seen the name. You know the brand but you've never seen the name of that particular car. So there's a lot of those cars that are after being imported in the last few months because of Brexit. You can't get them from the UK, so they're bringing them straight from Japan. And a lot of these cars don't have immobilizers. And some of them just have back doors that are shaped in a way that you bend to put your arm in to open doors. So it's all very straightforward for them. And at this stage, young people who are interested in joyriders and those, they're sharing videos of how to do it. They're actually filming themselves doing it. In some cases, I've seen them on TikTok. They, they get removed, but I've seen the video on TikTok of these cars being stolen. And does nobody steal cars in Japan? Is that why they're so easy to get into? I'm not sure. I think they're. I think they got rid of the immobilizers of it because of some legal loophole over taxation over there, which seems like an odd thing to do. But it, I, there's definitely car theft in Japan for sure. But just these particular cars are being are being chosen uh, along with the Japanese. All the Japanese imports all have problems. There's other things like catalytic converters are worth money. Then there's ones like the the uh, Toyotas that are out there that have um, special kinds of platinum inside the catalytic converter. They're being cut off cars in car parks and stolen as well. So we have a higher, possibly a more educated criminal here about what's in our yeah. cars. So yeah. they're able to get it themselves. Those figures I was giving there before I brought you on, there have been 30 of these cars robbed so far in Cork this year, which given that they're not exactly falling out of the sky onto the streets, that's a lot of theft. That is a lot of theft, and it's one particular uh, kind of car as well. So I've seen it multiple times across social media where someone's after buying a car, they only have it a couple of weeks, and it gets stolen right outside the front door because of lack of immobilizers, one, but also because it's just easy to get into from outside the shape of the door allows people to, be able to bend things on it. So, mm. And it's not just one, I don't want to target one particular car, I don't want to worry people if they own well, the car as well. Let's maybe not mention any names, just in case we have yeah. a few people, amateur, amateur thieves listening. Mm. But like, if you're very careful with your car, you put it in a garage, you put a crook clock on it, any deterrent, the idea of these things, this will not stop your car being stolen. If they really want to steal it, they're still going to steal it. But if your car is terribly easy to break into, and then there's no crook clock inside, there's no alarms, and there's no nothing, then you're just asking for trouble. You want to make, you want to be the best deterrent you can on the car. So is it harder to get these insured for theft? We'll call on the phone asking that question. Not so far, and the reason behind that is because the car is very new onto the market, so it's only starting to get uh, in, insured in this country. Now that the crime is rising around us, you know, that yeah. particular car is being targeted, you'll find insurance premiums will start to rise on that brand. It'll be targeted mm. because it's a high-value, steal-stealable car, you know. Now, the old-fashioned crew clock, and I can remember it, um, God rest my dad long ago, he had a thing, it was like, it's like a walking stick with two hooks on it, and it stretched out, <laughs> and it went from the steering wheel down to the clutch. Now, I would have thought we've got a bit more sophisticated than that, but the, the, the principle is the same. 
It is. Um, it still works to some degree. Now they are a brute, what's called a brute force attack. Will still open up these crook locks, and none of them survive very long. The the big um, incentive was that they could survive for sixty seconds. So you can imagine that that was that's not very long, but it's long enough to put car thieves off who just want to get in the car and drive away as quick as they can. They don't want to be interfering with these sort of things. Other effective measures: real old school stuff, removing the starting arm. Pulling out a spark plug, you know, these kind of old school methods actually still operate today, but you probably won't find a starting arm in most of the modern cars now. They probably won't be there to move it anyway. But yeah. immobilizers and alarms, electronic alarms are still going to be the most effective things. Because a little flashing light on the dashboard is a real off-putting sight for any uh, yeah. crook to see at night time. My first car was, was fitted with a little switch hidden uh, that disabled the ignition. Um, can you still do that? You can, you can still interrupt the fuel supply to the car, so you can cut off the fuel supply electronically in cars, you can fit a switch just under the dashboard. People still root around for it, but anything that slows it down, anything that deters people, multiples of these, a crook clock, an alarm, and a fuel cut-off switch will completely stop this. You know, yeah. it's, it's your most precious asset. You don't want to be claiming off your insurance. You don't want to burn out either, yeah. which is the worst part. The car ends up upside down in the hedge somewhere on I fire. That's, Are you better worst off going to an old-school mechanic with these tricks? Bob. Yes. Uh, any old school mechanic will be able to check to make sure you have an immobilizer. It's usually fairly remote uh, remote control um, unlocking of the car does not donate that you have an electronic mobilizer in your car. So electronic mobilizer is usually fitted within the key. So the key tells the ignition lock that it's the right key, then it yeah. unlocks, yeah. then it starts. But a, a good mechanic will be able to tell you the best kind of most effective things that he can do to the car now to make it at least some way safe beyond yeah. just a crook lock. Another, th- another thing we didn't have back in the day was the rechargeable power tools. Do you know? Yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> you yeah. didn't have them. They can yeah. walk up beside your car and grind it open. Yeah, that's right. That, that's right. Um, uh, Bob, the price of fuel. You you've you talk about it all the time on your on your TikTok. Uh, like it's at this stage now. And I mean, I saw you doing one a couple of weeks ago. Does anybody check the prices? We do very frequently here in this program, and they're eye-wateringly high now at this stage. And all we're mm. being told is, uh, well, there's nothing we can do about it until budget day. You did a figure recently of the, no, the amount of tax that we're paying on our petrol at these prices. Yeah, we're still paying. Uh, see, we pay a percentage tax. So the, the higher the price of the fuel, the more tax the government makes. So imagine if you're making 10% of 100 euro, yeah, is, is tenor. So 10% of 200 is 20. It's still 10%. That, you know what I mean? It's still a percentage of the thing. But what the government are taking is over 50%. Now, they lowered the excise duty, but they lowered it in coins. So they took 15 cent off and 20 cent off the fuel. They didn't take a percentage off. That's where the messing around is starting to happen now again. So that has been knocked off. So that money, that's gone. They, they, they're they not getting as much excise duty anymore, but they're certainly still creaming it when it comes to percentages. They can easily manipulate the vast rate on, they did that for the hospitality industry, industry mm. during lockdown. They could do that on fuel and they can lower down the VAT rate to, I know, 3%, 5%, and have an instant effect. On the, the, the their economic argument is they can't because the EU won't let them, but Spain and other places are kind of belying that and saying, well, you know, we'll deal with you later, Mr. EU. We're, we're looking after our people first. Is there any way that we can save fuel? I mean, I know Eamon Ryan was on about drive more slowly and this kind of thing, but can we save fuel on a practical level in our day-to-day commute? Well, the main thing is, he, Eamon Ryan, unfortunately, put it incredibly poorly, but he was right. So driving slower will save you fuel. 
in every vehicle, even electric cars. Slowing down to go further is a, is a good advice to do. If you really want to do it, learn to use your gearbox. If you use a manual car, make sure you use the gearbox properly, not over-revving the car, not over-stressing the engine. If you drive too fast in the wrong gear, you'll burn extra fuel. Take everything out of the car. It doesn't need to be there. There's people carrying garden implements in the boot, you know, spades and shovels and bags of cement and bags of sand. All that add weight makes the car will have to work harder to get to speed, which will burn more fuel. Yeah, these are all simple fuel things, but it works. It's effective. The modern dashboard now, and I drive a very simple little car, but you get an arrow, gear up or gear down, and I've taken to following that as closely as I possibly yeah. can. And I do find my fuel consumption is is a little down because of it. You can, yeah, and they, they, that's exactly the car company is on your side. The car company wants you to use the least amount of fuel possible because they promised that you would get a certain amount of vigor, so they want you to get near that. So. It, using that gear shift indicator is always going to be a good thing for you. Now, if you've got an automatic, you're kind of out of control for that. Uh, Often an eco button doesn't really work or be really effective. It turns off your air conditioning. That's about as much as Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and your, your hybrids, of course, they're all automatics. So if your hybrid is in petrol mode, that's expensive. Yeah. Now, if you drive a hybrid properly, I would argue that you could get very good mileage if you drive it very well. So if you really try to concentrate hard and stay on the electric version, as much as you can, and don't accelerate too much, mm. you will save a lot of money in a hybrid. Now, if you drive it like a normal petrol car, you won't save a whole lot, but you won't save as much as you would in a diesel, put it that way, because if you're doing long-range driving, diesel's still the king of that. Yeah. Uh, also, I think, Bob, the advice is watch, just keep an eye on what you're seeing on the internet, because an awful lot of it is nonsense. There are many ways of do this with your fuel, do that with your fuel. Most of that fake, most of it is gimmicky stuff that you'd have to do over long periods of time to make it happen. A well-serviced car, so getting it serviced in a dealership or getting it serviced in your mechanics area and doing a good job and using good product in it, in it will, will get your fuel economy into the right zone. Having old oil in your engine makes the pistons turn over very slow and it's it's thick and it's difficult to burn. Having cheap fuel, which is another thing, you know, watery fuel will obviously burn badly or having yeah. old spark plugs that won't burn properly. So all them things will have much more of an effect than putting a bottle of gunk into the fuel tank or putting some sort of special air filter on. Tires that aren't at the right pressure, Kevin is pointing out here. Huge factor, yeah. A lot of people will not check their, their pressure of their tyres until it's time for an NCT, which is like every two years, you know, or maybe every year. <clears throat> so they might not check the pressure at all. Low pressure tyres have a bigger surface area on the ground, which means they create more drag. Okay. gives you more grip, but it also makes the tyre the have more drag, so it, it increases your fuel economy. Yeah. So I one of your videos recently, Bobby. We're talking about VRT. Now, there's a, there's a lot of talk out there. People say, oh, no, VRT is illegal, but we make more money from the VRT than the EU fine us for having it. What is the story with that? That's an urban myth. Uh, it may have been st- at the beginning of the, the the European Union wanted to find us for it because it's it's against the spirit of the European Union. In that you can put that in quotation marks. That's exactly what the European Union said to us. The idea of double taxation. So essentially, if you want to have a car in this country, you have to pay a certain kind of tax on the car. Now that would be illegal on any import. So if you're importing a television, you can't have another tax here in this country on something from the EU. That's just not legal. But you can do it on the car, but we don't do it to the car. We actually do it to your license plate. That's how we change it. It's a vehicle registration tax. So 
what we did was we said if you want to have a, a car in this country you you can uh, but you must register with an Irish register, registration plate within a certain amount of time and then we put a tax on that registration plate. That's exactly how we did it. So we kind of skirted around the idea right. of double taxation. It's in my opinion it's an obscene tax. It really drives the price of cars here. Yeah. Obscurely weird when you look it's at the price of everywhere else in Europe. Crazy, crazy. Have you heard the term this is coming on the phone Bob. Have you heard the term hypermilling? Hypermilling, yeah, hypermiling, hypermilling, you would call it one of those, hypermiling would be the thing. So the idea is that you would accelerate to a speed and lift off, but never try to use the brake much. You just try and keep your speed as constant as you can, using a little bit of power and a little bit. It's a lot of work. Very skilled driving, yeah, well, most people would try to drive that way, but really trying to get the best from it is trying to is trying to coast as much as you can, and then trying to accelerate downhill so you coast up the next hill. It's it's a lot of work. Like you're going to burst into sweat, and it's just not worth the effort unless yeah, you're you're trying to set some sort of record. Yeah, yeah, it's like a hobby for some people, but dri- driving is supposed to be fun. Lastly, I was talking to someone over the weekend who said, and I don't know if you've ever heard this one. Look into it if you want, Bob. And all of these fuel signs, you know, the ones one one one. 19.6 or 121.9 or whatever or mm-hmm. 222.1 apparently they're all illegal because there's illegal. no such thing as 0.1 of a cent that is true it's 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 left it is it is actually true to say we can't you couldn't do that in any other shopping sense so you couldn't buy a pint of milk you can't charge 128.2 for it it yeah. wouldn't be proper 121.9 should be 122 yeah, it should be, 122. So they should just round up and, and be done with it. It's, it's only fuel that does it. It's kind of a cheese. It's a way of making yourself look a little cheaper than, yeah. than the petrol. So 129.9 and the petrol of the road is 130.1. You're not saving anything. It's the same price that you're paying, but it just looks cheaper on, on the thing. Right. It should be done away with at this point, but it probably won't be because it's such a traditional thing. Right. Come back to me briefly before I let you go. Why do you have a Garda Escort at the moment? Or are they just keeping an eye on your devilment? What? <laughs> Keep an eye on making sure I slow down. No, we had over the weekend, we did a fantastic thing called Bumblebee 1000. It was an aid of Little Blue Heroes, which is a very favourite charity of mine. It's run by Angardashi. Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. They take, they take little uh, sick and seriously ill children. We give them a day out with supercars and flying around and getting into blues and twos and in the patrol cars and all. And the guard give up all their free time to do this. There's no managing directors, nobody getting any salaries out of this. So, we set out over the weekend with a pile, a hundred supercars to race across Ireland with the Gardaí and they had uh, uh, motorbikes with us and they had cars with us and they were closing roads to allow us through. So we raised over the weekend 70,000 euro for Little Blue Heroes uh, with donations on the side of the road and uh, donations from the drivers and having charity well, auctions and stuff. Well it was done. a huge weekend. It was great. Well done. Listen, Bob, good to talk to you and we'll talk again. Uh, Bob Flavin is on TikTok, he's on Instagram, he's on YouTube. His motoring tips and his knowledge of the motoring industry is just phenomenal. And the tax we're paying, and maybe how we can get around it a little bit. There's a lot of drive away stuff going on at the moment, too. A lot of people driving away. You'll be caught always. But uh, for no reason other than time, we'll catch Bob again sometime. Thanks for that. Bob Flavin. Uh, you'll find him on TikTok. Best way to look for him. 0818 96 96 96. And he's actually, get, he, he's very funny on TikTok because he can be a little more colourful than he can be on the. Radio. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. Now, 
I don't know what it's like to live without a sense of smell. I can't imagine what it must be like to live without a sense of smell. Um, Chantal, you are living without a sense of smell. Um, now, how you came about it is through a brain tumour. That's not really important. But you are living without a sense of smell. Tell me a bit about what that's like. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thank you for this opportunity. So, living with anosmia, as it is called, yeah. uh, first of all, it depends on whether you... First of all, I should say it's an invisible sensorial disability. That's what they call it. Yeah. And progressively, you also lose uh, the sense of taste. But um, if you have congenital anosmia, as in, you know, if, you're, if you are anosmic by birth, it's different, again, from... Uh, anosmia acquired through either an accident or a brain tumor. Okay. A brain tumor. Okay. Because the, basically, people who were born without a sense of smell, uh, what they have not known, they, they, they don't miss. But in our case, we when you have lived decades... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at with smell and all of a sudden is gone you have to readapt to everyday everyday life so the things that i take for granted like smelling the fact that my dinner is almost done yeah you don't have that oh no no i i, I no no this is gone the, the tumor ate uh, ate away destroys the olfactory nerves so it is true. You, you talk about those first smells, such as cooking or, um, you know, when you are anticipating a, a nice meal or something. Um, and if you are cooking yourself, you get great joy out of that. But, but not anymore because you are not aware of what you're smelling. So I remember what the smells are. Mm. The problem is when you start cooking, putting the things into the oven or something, you don't know whether it's beginning to smell a little bit. Is it getting a little bit burned? So in, in my case, what I do is I have a few um, uh, timers 
uh, I have one in the in kitchen, definitely. Just to remind me that even though such a thing now is in the oven for half an hour, go and check at quarter past. So something like that. Yeah. And so, the sense of taste, uh, we would forget that. It, it affects your sense of taste too. Completely, yes. Um, the, 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 the name for the sense of taste is egusia or something like that i never heard of it before but yes uh, the taste buds are linked uh, to the olfactive nerve so um when 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 one goes the other one does too but it's very it's much slower i know for instance that i have lost about 60 percent of the sense of smell oh sorry of uh, taste so uh, yeah, I still distinguish so, uh, savory stuff from from sweet stuff. Yeah. But in everyday life, um, like sometimes you eat something and it might as well be in cardboard. You don't know. Yeah. So you you rely on remembering, but it's not the same enjoyment. You I know? know. You're a member of a group, and I think it's called Fifth Sense, and you want to have anosmia uh, uh, listed, if, as it were, as an actual disability. Now, why would that be? Chantal? Well, why? Because, first of all, it is a recognized disability, um, sensorial disability, and there are situations that, um, in which you know, it, it does not just affect you in your home, but if you are outside um, in, in, in the street and all of a sudden you see lots of people walking, running for their life, you don't know what's happening. So, it could be, it's more in a confined space, say the metro or a huge railway station or something. Well, there could be a fire, there could be a gas leak. And this is the problem as well in homes. But you're not aware of what's happening. Um, I was recently, last week, uh, on the Zoom program, a Zoom session with uh, Fifth Sense. They organized that. I it was actually, didn't realize it was international. Um they, they were, there was one person, and she was in New York, I think, and she said there was a fire in her house, and when the firemen came, they gave out to her because they said, could you not have wrong earlier on? Could you not smell? What? And she said, no, I, can't, I, I, I don't have a sense of smell. Yeah. And they said, yeah, 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 sure. Didn't you and, have something um, like that yourself at one time, Chantal, didn't you? Did you nearly set fire to the oven by accident? But yeah, because I I had just put in a, a famous apple tart I was talking about in the article, and went back to the computer to do something, and of course I forgot, and instead of the usual twenty minutes, half an hour, an hour and a half later, I felt just I felt it was getting warm, so I just went to the kitchen and I thought it's really very warm, so what whatever made me open the the door to the utility room where the little oven was. This, the, the the black smoke bell, you know billowed out. I I hadn't smelled the burned because the the, the thing was about to explode. The, the little oven. I so then I realized there was something wrong. If I had waited another ten minutes, mm. that's it. The, the the fire would have started. I would have had wow. absolutely no idea. Yeah, yeah. Your your argument is and. I can see where you're going with this, actually. Yeah. If 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 you can't see, if you're blind or, or visually impaired, you you can get a white stick. You can get any number yeah. of, of aids. You can you can actually get a get get disability yeah. allowance. If you're uh. deaf, you get any number of aids. I'm not too sure if you get disability allowance for being deaf. Maybe you do. Well, no, uh, 
but that's that's not the point. The, the point, of course, uh, the visible sign that a person is deaf or sure. blind. Oh, I get you now. But you've no visible sign of your disability. Exactly. But we, but we are, the reason why I'm doing that is because I was stunned when I first met people who had the same thing as I had. Just after the operation, there was a young girl there. She had had the operation, but she didn't even know uh, that anosmia was the name of, of what she was suffering because she said oh sure I, I don't know what i am eating anyway anymore all we are looking for is not money not uh, special treatment just recognized as gotcha. um a, a, a partial disease but it is and that's why uh, in, in france uh, where i come from um yeah. i belong to um an association again which was fighting to be recognized and all we wanted and they gave us a card and it is written that by law um you know for equality of rights and chances and even for the handicapped people a partial sensorial disability is still a disability sure. and for yeah exactly so all we we just wanted to be recognized so that for instance in in the US and also in in in, in Britain now they have to write on your medical records, what they call the medical chart. Just mention that you are anosmic because you could be in situations where it is important that people know. For instance, fires. Um, that's the thing I, I am most aware of. Yes. Uh, in the house, I am not allowed to have any gas uh, appliance, uh, gas heating, gas cooker. I am not allowed to use candles in case I forget them. And I won't, I won't smell them, you see. Um, yeah, and I have to have smoke, detect- smoke detector alarms, carbon monoxide alarm, and... It's very, it's very, it's very real uh, loss that you've, that you've suffered. I think as well, Chantal, a lot of people uh, during COVID, particularly those affected by long COVID or who had a severe experience mm. with COVID, lost their sense of smell and their sense of taste for weeks yes. and months on end. And I'm hearing that for some people it didn't come back or only partially came back. Yes, and and this is what annoys me in, in a way that we only heard about that because of thanks to, I don't know, COVID. Yeah. But most most people, hopefully, will regain the, um, the sense of taste and smell and everything. But for those who never had it and those who uh, don't have it because as a result of a brain tumour or an accident, it's, it's even more difficult because you, you see the things about, okay, the house, the fires and so on. But in your everyday life, personal hygiene, you can't smell anything. So you have to be absolutely conscious that, yeah. do I need deodorant? Should I uh, do this? Yeah. Uh, a, a baby, does your, does your baby need uh, nappy changing? I'm thinking because, as well in terms of if you want to make a bit of chicken curry um, and the first thing you do is is check the chicken and, and there's, yeah. a, there's a, there's a it's, it's a light but it's a distinctive smell from chicken that you need to throw out. You can't get that. I, that's exactly what I was going, that was my next point. Sometimes uh, um, you say, oh God, this is, uh, no, that doesn't look too good but but I, I can't tell whether it's gone off or not. If physically you, it's, it's changing but sometimes Something could be quite perfect, but no, you you shouldn't yeah. touch it. Yeah, because so, so, when chicken is just on the turn, as we say, it, it, well, it's a exactly. subtle smell. It's a very subtle smell, but it's there. 
that's the problem and so that is stuff uh, that you you have in everyday life but then there is a so the social scene as well because for instance we we're talking with meals earlier on it's all very well but you know if you go to a barbecue people enjoy the barbecue but they enjoy the social aspects everything you know oh god can't wait to smell to, to taste those sausages or whatever and after a while you know if you say oh, what's wrong <laughs> After a while, you, you, you're not going anymore because what's the point? You might as well be I eating know, up. I know, and, and I see you, you miss the smell of the seaside and the smell of fresh ah, flowers. Well, yes, because I was big into aromatherapy, so that's gone now. And But uh, the smell of the sea and the fresh air and flowers, you know, everyday little yeah. things that trigger, because smells trigger memories and as emotions. well. And emotions. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly, that's like, like, like music does as well, but... It decreases your quality of life definitely after a while because, like I said, I don't know if I said it in the article, but I visualize my world now. Uh, I'm living in a black and white world, in a bubble. It's a very good way of putting it. I'm going to leave it there, uh, Chantal. Thank you very much. That's uh, Chantal Villa, or Villa. Um, had no sense of smell called anosmia. Now, she came across, as in she came upon it, it affected her. Um, some people are born with it. She has it as a result of a brain tumour. Some people lost their sense of smell through COVID. But she is suggesting that, look, if you have blindness, then it's an actual disability and people can see it's a disability. If you have deafness, it's an actual disability. But if you don't sense of smell, there's no indication that you have no sense of smell. It's not an official, actual recognised disability, so there's no assistance with it. That's a good point. Thank you, Chantal. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. That incident on the M on the N forty by Rochestown Park, the burning van, that has now been cleared. My son lost his taste, sense of taste and smell for a long time after he broke his nose. It was a relief for him when it finally came back. Yeah. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. A few things to clear up as well with regard to comments on previous items. I'll come back to them. Access all areas on Corks ninety six FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Corks Entertainment. Indie twenty two has brought a fantastic addition to an already incredible lineup set for Cork this summer with the two Johnnies and the Junior B All Stars. They join headliners Fatboy Slim, Rudimental, and Bastille for the return of Indie to Mitchell Sound from July twenty nine to 31st. Access all areas. Following a successful run of shows in 2019, Cork Rocks returns to Cork Racecourse Mallow this summer, which has announced Hothouse Flowers as their Cork Rocks headliner for this year's event. It takes place at the racecourse on Friday, July 8th. Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any gigs by emailing us on aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas with Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialists in sound this summer on Cork's 96 FM. Promise we'll come back to some of your messages on uh, crime in the city and where Chief Super Tom Myers effectively said nothing to see here in terms of people being afraid to go in. That's more or less what he said at the JPC meeting yesterday. And also I'll come back to uh, some of your comments on... Uh, the expenses, <clears throat> I'll go through them again, the expenses that um, some of our councillors ran up uh, on their trip to New America for St. Patrick's Day, like Bloody Marys, four or five Bloody Marys in a sitting, I mean it's far from Bloody Marys these lands were, anyway 
0818969696. I felt sorry listening to Chantal and what she's going through, knowing this was coming up next, because one of the nicest smells out there is the smell of fresh, high-quality coffee. Well, the smell of any coffee. You're desperate for a caffeine hit. You, you desperately love that smell. But believe it or not, there is a study about to take place at UCC investigating coffee and research into coffee. Yes, why would you be researching coffee? And who is doing it? Let us talk to Serena Boscani, who's involved in the the study. Uh, Serena, good morning. Good morning, TJ. How are you? (laughs) Now, the smell of fresh coffee is one of the great pleasures of life. But why are you studying? Well, tell me a bit about yourself, first of all, and then tell me why you've decided to do this study on coffee. Of course, of course. So, um, first of all, good morning and thanks a lot for the invitation. I'm delighted to talk to you. So, yeah, uh, I'm a scientist at the APC Macrobiome Ireland in the Macrobiota Gabbrain Axis Lab, headed by Professor John Cryan. And one of the topics that we study in the lab is the role of diets in human health, particularly the effect of diet on the gut-brain axis, which is defined as the communication pathways that exist between the gut and the brain. And this communication goes both ways. Okay. And how does coffee fit in? Yeah, so uh, talking about coffee, uh, coffee, if consumed in moderation, has several beneficial effects on human health. Indeed, it is considered as a part of an healthy diet. So several studies... Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) So um, several studies have shown that coffee consumption is associated with lower risk of the development of different kinds of cancer and with the development of neurological disease such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease. And in addition, coffee Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, there are loads of studies that um, shows this correlation. And also, in addition, coffee confers liver protection and beneficial effects for people with type 2 diabetes. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Yes. Yes. Because we know it bright. I mean, I'm one of these people, Serena, I, I literally cannot function without my first cup of coffee in the morning. And so, it, I mean, and, and that evidence is there. It does, uh, it, it affects your concentration. It affects your ability to concentrate. And that's real. They've proved that now. Exactly, exactly. So indeed, as all the coffee drinkers might have noticed, coffee improves mood and also different domains of cognition, such as, as you said, alertness, attention, decision-making, and learning memory. And uh, interestingly, it was shown that this is not just due to the presence of caffeine, but also um, natural compounds present in the coffee are involved in these effects. So other than caffeine, yeah, other than caffeine, indeed, coffee contains over 1,000 compounds such as mineral, 
mineral, vitamins, but also some called polyphenols, which are linked with several beneficial effects in humans, such as antioxidant actions and cell protections. And some of these coffee polyphenols specifically reach our gut bacteria in the intestine and then transform by them into other molecules that interact with other, other organs in our body. But this is still not very well understood. So that's why we are running the coffee study to, be, to better understand the effect of coffee on our gut uh, microbes linked to the brain. So, and so on top, can, we are how, also how people, doing... How can people join your, your study, Serena? Yes. So, so the, the study is still ongoing and will, will be ongoing until the end of the year. So if you uh, fit in the criteria and you want to participate, but you are going to holidays this summer, no problem. You can sign up for the autumn. That's fine. So um, we, are, we are looking for people between 30 and 50 years old, in good health, no smoker, with no ongoing, uh, ongoing or chronic illnesses, and not under any medication. And we are looking for both uh, coffee drinkers and non-coffee drinkers. I see, I see. And how would someone contact you if they wanted to take part? So if they want to take part, um, you can find my email address or Caroline's email address, which is the research nurse that worked with us on the APC Microbiome Ireland website. Or simply if you Google coffee study UCC, uh, you can find us. But anyway, so if you're a coffee drinker, um, so we are looking for uh, people that drinks between three and five cups of coffee per day, which is considered as a moderate coffee consumption and these people can uh, have to attend the four visits in UCC in a in a period of approximately of six weeks so it is better if you are from the Cork area whereas if you're a non-coffee drinker um, you uh, you have to come in UCC just for two visits and uh, we have the possibility also to recruit non-coffee drinkers out of Cork so if you are uh, from a, a county that is close to Cork, you can still participate because there is the possibility to do the first visit online. Okay. So, All right. It's, it, it's yes. a fascinating study. I mean, what we now know about coffee, Serena, I remember long, a long time ago people telling us not to drink coffee because it was bad for us. Now it's come right around full circle and we know that it has certain benefits. Moderate coffee drinking has certain benefits. That's an interesting one. Thank you for that Serena Boschani, who's uh, at the the AC, APC Microbiome, Microbiome Ireland at uh, at UCC, led there by John Cryan, incredible guy, incredible guy doing super work. You want to get involved in that? Off you go. I'd love to. Actually, you know what? If you do decide to sign up for that, I'd love to talk to someone afterwards to see what it was actually like. Do they feed you loads of coffee? Is what I want to know. I want to go back to some of your comments from earlier and come back to what Chief Superintendent Tom Myers was saying about crime in our city. And effectively, this is our top police officer in the city, Chief Super Tom Myers. Even though the crime figures are up across all the different categories, crime figures are up. Super, Chief Superintendent Tom Myers doesn't know why people are afraid to go town, to go to town. And he doesn't believe people are afraid to socialize in town, despite 
recent brawls and violent attacks. And he, he made this point yesterday at the Joint Policing Committee. Fanula just said, I don't think it's safe to visit. Uh, do some of the numbers increasing in crime account for the city boundary widening as the first two years were in COVID, so 2022 is the first normal year, or were these figures just the city centre? That's a very, very good question. But I do think, I did believe they're mostly studying the city centre here. Michael, as far back as 2005, I stopped going to the city centre after dark. In the past number of years, I stopped going there by day. Social media tells us there's a serious problem on our streets. Most European cities have streets flooded with police. While crime isn't eliminated, perpetrators are quickly apprehended. This city needs a serious change in policing policy, in my opinion. And, Michael, you're right. Go to any part of Spain, and they're they're not exactly in plain sight, although sometimes they are, but you put a foot out of place and whack, they'll have you in seconds. PJ, my wife won't venture into the city alone now, day or night. I walk to work every day. I see drug deals, antisocial behaviour, begging. Uh, I don't feel safe walking to work. At least once a week, I see fights, fights during the day. I get the bus home at night. I don't feel safe. And a couple of incidents where security had to come to the bus for antisocial behaviour. I'm sorry, but that chief superintendent is not in town all the time to see what's going on. Hi, PJ. It's worth mentioning that just because people are inside the city drinking and socialising, which is what the chief super says, doesn't mean they feel safe. They might be constantly clinging onto their bag or watching around themselves for fear of an attack or some kind of antisocial behaviour being imminent. There's a massive difference uh, from between apparently looking safe and physically being safe. That's a fabulous point, and thank you for it. Casey and Ross in the morning. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. On Cork's 96 FM. A couple in B&Q were left flushed with embarrassment when their toddler did a poo-poo in a display toilet. I saw this! I saw this! The dad had to kill it out! Yeah, uh, Caroline and hubby Aaron were in the DIY shop when their son Jacob Four said, "That's the loo. I need to go oh, for it." That's yeah. hilarious. You can do it when you're being pooed. Casey and Ross in the morning with Noel DC Cars Blackpool, exclusively Skoda in the city. Find your next car online at noeldc.com. Open twenty four seven. Ninety six the lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Love that weather forecast session. Bit of kind of a case of whatever you're having yourself today is the weather forecast for this, the longest day of the year. Tomorrow, nice as well. Thursday, quite nice. But at present, and I'm going to the, the Dark Sky weather app again, and I think Alan and Carla weather is kind of looking to the weekend, could turn a bit grotty. <clears throat> there's no actual prediction yet as to amounts of rainfall, but there's an increased chance of some rain, particularly Friday and Saturday. You might not get much of it, but we're likely to get some of it. But enjoy the next couple of days uh, with a bit of summer. 
19 degrees today, 21, 22 degrees tomorrow, 21, 22 degrees Thursday. So enjoy that. 0818 96 96 96 Young Simon Murdoch downtown on an OB at midday to do with the Midsummer Festival. He's at the Opera House. Look forward to that. And speaking of the Midsummer Festival, I want to give this a mention. There's no point in looking for tickets because there isn't one to be had. I think I got the, the last ticket in town for it last night. And I'm not sure. I think she maybe finished the run anyway. But she was here with me on the show last week, along with Gerald Butler from Galleyhead Lighthouse, where she did most of her research <clears throat> for the play A Safe Passage. I'm speaking of Irene Kelleher, and I went to see it last night in the smaller theatre in the Ferkin Crane. It's an in-the-round production. It's just phenomenal. Herself and Seamus O'Rourke, what an actor. What an actor playing Christy. Uh, it's, it's just... It's it's a brilliant show, and I it it's I made the point to Anne, my good friend Anne, at the Firkin Crane, who I haven't seen since long before COVID. Um, I have a very good, strong, strong feeling about this play because there are lighthouses and lighthouse keepers and lighthouse stories the world over. And I think last night and someday someone will pull this tape out and say he was right or he was wrong. I think I watched something very, very special last night at the Firkin Crane. And I think my pal Irene Kelleher will win awards. This will travel the world. It's a phenomenal piece of theatre called A Safe Passage and uh, premiered at Cork Midsummer Festival. 0818 96 96 96. Heading on holidays in the next couple of years. A couple of weeks and months, I suppose. Uh, people will be probably bringing some toddlers away for the first time because it's the first time we can get away since before COVID. Some people haven't been away since 2019, 2018. And in the middle, there have been some lockdown babies. So now you've got some toddlers. And bringing a toddler, and oh, we've done this. We've done this in Coogan Towers. Bringing toddlers away for the first time can be fun. Uh, fun in many or different ways. Laura Erskine. Uh, Laura, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to speak with you. It's been a while. I remember doing this myself. I remember the precautions we used to have to take. A lot of people travelling away for the first time with toddlers. So, what are the do's and don'ts? Oh my goodness, there are so many. <laughs> the good thing is, you know, it's going to be a big novelty and most airlines, uh, the children don't have to wear a mask. I know masks are still in place for some airlines, depending on where you're traveling to. Um, but at least the, the smallies don't have to wear the masks. So that is one thing you don't need to worry about. However, there are a few tips that you can bear in mind um, to help make your flight a little bit more comfortable, specifically with toddlers, because babies, they tend to sleep. Mm. Um, which is and and they they're in your arms, but once your your child hits two, they have to be in a seat on their own. They need to be in that seat for takeoff and landing. So that's really important that you prepare your child for that. So what you might do is you might start talking about the holiday and talking about the various things that you're going to be doing in preparation for going away, um, in the car on the way to the airport, what happens at the airport, and then what happens on the airplane. So. 
sure that they are prepared mentally Mm -hmm. for what is about to happen because we haven't been away and this is likely going to be their first trip. So first of all, you do need to start talking to them about uh, the airport, how it's going to be a very busy place and how the last thing we need is a lost toddler in the airport. Um, And so, you know, having those little straps whereby either it's a backpack that um, has a strap extending from it that you can hold onto your wrist or a wrist strap between yourself and your toddler so that they can't get away from Mm -hmm. you. Um, A a harness is another good idea. And they may not be used to these things um, because we don't tend to to use them as much as maybe our parents' generation would have. But get your child used to it before they go away so that they don't have a meltdown when you go to put this harness on them going through security. But it is, or going through the airport, it is important because the Mm -hmm. airports, and we all know we've seen the news, we've heard the reports about just how busy the airports are and they can be a stressful place as well. So the last thing we need is is a lost toddler. A little Um, wrist strap is possibly the best, isn't it? It is. The wrist strap is definitely very good and it's probably the least invasive of all of them that they're most likely to accept. Um, The other thing is um, going through security. It's likely that your child, they they will have to walk through themselves and they will have to get the buggy will have to go through independent of your child so they need to either get out of the buggy or get out of your arms and walk through that um the the, the detector themselves and um, so you need to talk to them about that even doing a little practice at home where maybe they walk through the door frame talk to them about how their little cuddly teddy it might be clutched firmly within their arms you know they're snugly that they use for comfort that will have to go through security and mm-hmm. um, they may there it's very unlikely they'll be allowed to carry that through that that detector and so preparing their child that they're going to say have to say goodbye to bunny for 30 seconds while it goes through the x-ray machine <laughs> is is an important thing to yeah. remember that we don't really think about so again practicing and and children love imagine, imaginative pretend play so you can do all of this at home before they go through the airport make it an adventure and they'll be fully prepared then when um when the time yeah. comes uh then boarding the flight telling them that they're going to have to sit in a seat on their own so again you can practice at home bring the booster seat in from from the uh, the car, put it down on a chair, maybe at the kitchen table or in the, on one of the chairs in your living room and practice how everyone's going to sit down. There's going to be a little tray in front of them and how we all have to sit there while the, the airplane takes off. You might get one of the older cousins or, or siblings to pretend to be the flight attendant and offer them a drink um, and and then tell them that they're going to have some device time, which will be the they should be delighted about. Yeah. Um, the thing is, they'll is have important. to wait as well, Laura. Or won't they? The other thing you need to understand is, or they need to try, you need to help them with is they can't grab the device the second they're on the plane because there are rules. Right. Yes, that is it. And it is important to remember that, that there are rules that devices are not allowed to be switched on during the safety um, information session and also during takeoff and landing. So the device will have to be stowed away carefully. So it is important that you do have other items to keep a child entertained, whether they are sticker books, which are 
you know, new ones that you would buy in the likes of the discount mm. supermarkets or indeed in deals or the Euro shops um, that they haven't seen before. Small toys, again, that they haven't seen before um, that you can take out every sort of 15, 20 minutes, every half an hour, depending on how long your flight is, that you put into a backpack. So to distract them and only introducing one at a time. And mm. the best kind of toys are not those really teeny tiny ones that are easily lost and that you might have to climb underneath another passenger seat <laughs> to try and retrieve some silly little ice cream bar with a stupid face but rather there, <laughs> something that. that that is easily um, that has maybe either sticks to a tray table or um, fuzzy felt that sticks to a you know a card backing yeah, yeah. or Are the, the woman's magnetic hair in type front toys stick to that. <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> remember yes, I've done indeed. all this Laura I've done all <laughs> the magnetic toys are great actually because they can make shapes with yeah. them turn them into lots of different things but they stick to each other yeah. so they're, you're less likely to lose those ones any, uh, there's nothing you can do really about this I, I'm any plane I've ever been on there's been a, a first timer it's troublesome as an adult but you know it'll be over once you're up or up you're when your ears start to go funny how do you help a small child with that? Well, this is it. Those altitude earaches can be difficult for children to adjust to. So the best thing to do it is chewy snacks that's it, that are going to produce a lot of saliva and then drinking suckable sweets or lollipops. I'm not a fan of those kinds of things, but depending on the child that you have and what kind of the day or time of the day or night it is that you're flying, you know, a drink is going to make them need to go to the toilet. So mm-hmm. um, you probably just want them to sip a drink um, while they're going up and down. And then, you know, a lot Lollipop can help, or if they're still ha- if they still have a soother for car journeys or nighttime, then bringing that soother will also help mm. with adjusting the ears. And then remembering that actually yawning helps to um, yeah. readjust your inner ear. And um, so you know, yawning is yawning is contagious. So you is. you do it as an adult, and <laughs> your child will soon follow suit. Here's another tip, and I know most people may have booked their seats on the plane now at this stage. But one thing you learn too is if you're travelling with the child. Try not to put, this, particularly the toddler, try not to put them in by the window because they'll inevitably be someone you don't know in the outside seat. And every yes. time the child wants to try to get, try to book your seats in such a way that you are accessible to the aisle with the child so you can take them to the, take them to the, to the toilet. So when you're booking your actual seats on the plane, have a look at the map of the plane and say, right, well, I want to put little Johnny there now because I can get him to the toilet easy. Exactly. Um, the aisle seat is an important one because they will want to clamber up and down. They'll want to stretch their legs. Um, and also, if you're traveling with um, with more than just two other people, like if there's more than three in your family, they're going to want to travel to the row behind to see the other members of the family, too. Yes. And it can be very disruptive yes. for other people. Or, or, or the school friend or the, the, the friend from the Nienra that they've seen in row 17. And they oh, God, as I said, done all this, done all this. Now, when you get them there, in a hot country, sleeping and napping, you got to fix all those problems that, that emerge. It's hot and it's sweaty and it's exciting. How can you help with that? Yes, it, it, it is very hot. Um, I would advise, um, you know, that, that you bring a blackout blind. You can get uh, the grow 
brand actually produce a black outline that is for travel and it comes with sticky pieces that you can stick to any window when you're traveling so they're very good in terms of keeping the heat out of the room and enabling your child to go for naps during the day when the sun is still high in the sky and it's still bright outside and so keep windows uh, keep um, curtains closed during the day in your child's bedroom so that means that the it won't um, heat up too much Um, if you're going to a campsite or a hotel sometimes they have fans that you can borrow from reception it's important if you have if if your room isn't air conditioned and you are plugging in a portable fan that you don't point it directly at the child but rather at a wall um, and that will uh, recirculate the the air around the room but not directly in their face then of course making sure yeah, and then and then making sure that you you um you dress them appropriately f- for bed, um making sure that they're you know they're on cotton sheets. Some some parents like to bring their own fitted sheets because sometimes when you're going away, they they only provide flat sheets and and they can be a bit difficult to to manoeuvre. Some people like to bring their own ones and their mm. own um bedding. They're the the zero point five tog, uh, sleep suits that have no arms on them. They're kind of made of a muslin type fabric. They're great to bring away with you or just letting a child sleep in their vest and nappy and using those extra large muslins that are almost like a sheet. You can actually buy them from cork company, babyboo.ie. And they have them there and they're 100 percent organic cotton and they're extra large and you can use them um, Mm. almost as a sheet for the child and they're fully breathable and keep them cool at night. Mm. But it is they do like to have something over them. Um, And then um, it, it is important to keep children hydrated, of course. Um, while they're away to remember that even on the plane when they're over there making sure that they even bringing your own drink bottles with you so you're you're kind of conscious that you're filling it up a few times during the day that they bring it with them when they're out and about and the kids stay hydrated and uh, stay stay clear of the extreme sun is the most important one laura Absolutely. And and staying in the shade is really important. Applying your sun cream regularly. Lots of parents uh, go for the factor 50 plus and the, sometimes those uh, sun creams that say that they'll protect a child for the whole, whole day, that they're, they're, you know, they're one and done. But it is important to remember that they do lose their efficacy after mm. being in and out of the yes. pool several times. Yes. The towels, you know, rub them off. You, you really need to be reapplying every two hours, making sure that a child is wearing their hat. And then actually core company babyboo.e, they also have um, these fabulous uh, toweling robes and they're they're again 100% organic cotton but those. they're very absorbent yeah. and they you know if they're coming out of the pool and they just want to sit in the sun lounge or in the shade and they can get a bit cold you know putting it on them it absorbs all of the water um, mm. and they're just really handy to have with you mm. and then I forgot to mention one thing when you're going on the plane make sure you know the way you always pack an extra spare pair of clothes for the baby yeah. in case you know they get sick or there's a tsunami or something along those lines you know don't forget to pack something for yourself I was listening to a lady on the radio only the other day and she was telling she was telling the uh, the presenter how she'd forgotten and she ended up having to wear a man had to give him give her a shirt off his back mm. so that she wouldn't have to leave the air the airplane in her brown knickers because, <laughs> because, because someone had them because, because her child had developed some sort of a bug and had puked repeatedly on the lady. Oh, yes. So, 
you know, this is the thing. Remember to put something in for yourself too, because <laughs> invariably it is mum that looks after the sick child on the airplane. Fiona, you may take you may take a hit. <laughs> throw on the headset there and tell Laura what you just told me on the screen here. <laughs> yeah, just as you're talking about that, uh, one time we were coming back from somewhere and Charlie was only a toddler and uh, was very excited on the plane. And the next thing, then he vomited all over me and my husband, who did have a spare set of clothes, and we had a spare set of clothes for Charlie. But the only thing I had was a cardigan that had no buttons on the front of it. <laughs> so, I <had> to put <laughs> so I had to put that on me. Yeah, it was uh, quite traumatic. And so I knew the- a girl on the plane as well. So running, like running to- through the airport with your, your one hand, you <laughs> taking up holding the cardigan together to protect your dignity. Lovely. I know. Fiona, thanks very much. And Laura, thank you very much. Isn't it great that we can talk about these things again, though? It is. It really is. It's so refreshing. And there's so much optimism now. You know, I know we're still hearing a few COVID cases, but thankfully, you know, they're they're not sort of the hospital type cases. Um, It's still important to bring your your hand sanitizers and all those things. But, you know, we we really can look forward to our holidays now. And and it's wonderful to be able to do so. I'm I'm counting them down myself. I'm the biggest child in the room. Laura Erskine from the Parenting Experts. Thank you. 0818 96, 96, 96. Getting back to the city centre and uh, how you think it's dangerous or not. Linda, we won't go to town anymore. Read that one. I love going into the city on a Saturday night. I'm just back from Spain. One fight broke out there and it was shocking, but it's everywhere, not just Cork. That's true. Yes, I take that point. Rosaline. Um, PJ, I live in the city, but I won't venture into town after four on any given Friday or Saturday. Every corner you turn, as someone harassing you for money. Oliver Plunkett Street's a total nightmare. I know a lot of these people have addictions, but they'll harass you for money or for cigarettes. I don't feel safe anymore. Tom Myers, Tom Myers would want a good look around. Instead of hearsay, get out there and witness it for himself. And that's from Jackie. And my pal Aidan down at the IT centre uh, in Oliver Plunkett Street has been making this point to me, messaging me for the last couple of weeks. There is this... It looks like a gang. It looks organised. It looks organised. People coming up sort of hassling strangers for for money and for just purportedly looking for help. But yeah, there's there's some very shady goings up goings on up and down on Plunkett Street at the moment. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I have one or two more things to catch up on, which I'll do in a minute. All oh, the disabilities and the guide dogs we talked about earlier on with Ashling. You've got to be allowed bring your guide dog into a taxi if they refuse. Take the badge number and report it. That's from a taxi driver who rang the opinion line at oh eight one eight ninety six. 9696. Antoinette says Ireland has to be one of the least accommodating countries for people with disabilities. Between Ashton's issues with tables and chairs and blocking of access and some buildings just you can't get into at all, it's an absolute disgrace. 0818 96 96 96. The Cork Diary. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not for profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Do you know the way you throw open the wardrobe, right? And it is bulging. And there's stuff falling out. And you've just bought a shirt or a pair of jeans 
or in the woman's case, she might have bought a dress or a skirt or something, whatever, right? Where am I going to put it? And then you think to yourself, or moreover, in my case, the Queen Bee is saying, will you take some of that stuff and throw it out, for God's sake, you haven't worn it in years. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to part with certain things. And I think a lot of people would identify with that. That's where you might call in someone like Linda de Blasi, who is from Ballinlock, but specialises in decluttering our wardrobes. I, I, I can't, Linda. Every so often I can fill a black bag with stuff and then straight away I'm diving into the black bag again to go, I love that shirt. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, PJ, and good morning to your listeners. Thank you for giving me this opportunity, PJ, to talk on your show this morning. Yeah, I, I have so much so, stuff I should get rid of half it, but I can't know. I don't know where to start. This is it. And um, a lot of people get overwhelmed when they open their wardrobes. And, you know, um, look, I'll just say first, my own name is Linda D. Blasey and I'm a qualified personal stylist and wardrobe declutterer based here in Cork. So I deal with a wide variety of clients from men, women, professionals like yourself and everyone in between. And I deal with all ages. I think we all have this problem where, you know, we all say I have nothing to wear, but I have lots of items in my wardrobe. Yeah. I'm going to give you and your listeners some tips on how we can shop smart and how we can look into our wardrobes, maybe add accessories to existing pieces that we have and how we can breathe new life into our favourite clothes. Okay. So I was covered, I was asked by 96FM as well to cover the topic on how we can save money, which is very apt at the moment because I think we're all finding our disposable income reducing. And um, we all want to look our best. And I want to assure you and your listeners that we can look our best despite the cost of living increasing. Okay. Okay. And body image positivity is what I work on with my clients. And when you feel good in your clothes, you radiate confidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So today I'm just going to give you one or two tips. My first tip would be on how to shop smart. So developing a keen eye when shopping. So... Um, let's look at our labels on our clothes because feeling comfortable in our clothes again as you say you might have loads of items in the wardrobe but you know when you are a jumper hmm. you don't feel comfortable in it and what you do you take it off and you put it back into your wardrobe okay? <laughs> yes you, you know so if you look at the labels so this time of year we need cottons viscose linen and they will keep us cool and fresh Example like polyester might make somebody feel kind of hot, um, maybe a bit itchy and a bit uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So at least then you know, look, polyester doesn't suit me. I'm not going to buy a, a certain garment made of that, that fabric. Again, maybe cotton or uh, linen would suit me better. Come winter time, you know, looking for wool or cashmere um, down in puffer jackets, they might cost that little bit extra but you will feel comfortable and they will provide warmth or, or cool and freshness, yes, depending indeed. on the season. Indeed. And my next tip will be understanding your body shape. Again, we buy items, we mightn't try them on in shops, we bring them home, we put it on or we wear it to an occasion and you feel uncomfortable on it. And you say, God, I'm not wearing this again. But we put it again to the back of the wardrobe. So if your listeners could allocate maybe, you know, an hour over the weekend where you just open your wardrobe, reach for the items in the back, bring them out, try them on and just have a bit of fun with our existing wardrobes. You don't need to go out and buy what's on trend or, um, you know, we can use what we have yeah. and we can also add accessories 
you know, to what we have. So you have your neutral suit, your, your navy or black dress, adding coloured accessories depending on your personality. You might like statement jewellery. Um, you might like coloured neck scarves, which are all on trend at the moment. And if you have an item, we say like a white shirt or a black shirt that you put on and it, it kind of washes you out and mm-hmm. you look in the mirror and you go, it, it does nothing for me. Coloured neck scarf you know, inside the shirt will bring the colours into your face and complement your, your complexion. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's creativity, tip, really, isn't it? It's colours exactly. and creativity. Yeah. Exactly, and being creative. Yeah. And, um, you know, buttons, so buttons on our coats, on our blouses, these can be easily changed. And adding a sparkle button, I heard you mention Christmas there earlier on this morning, but adding sparkly buttons to your coat or your jacket can transform it, you know. And then, um, you know, adding coloured buttons if you're going to an occasion to match your, your shoes and your bag. Mm. Again, it's easy and it's um, cheap and it can breathe new life into, into a coat or a suit that you already have in your wardrobe. Vibes and Scribes have a fantastic range of buttons. Mm. Or adding diamantes, you know, to a shoe or a bag. So experiment with new accessories. Yeah. And accessories are are very affordable and they're fun. And as yeah. I say, they can add colour. And... Do you know the, 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 the problem that I mentioned there uh, at the start, Linda, in that the, mm-hmm. the, the wardrobe, and I'm sure people are... are the wardrobe is bulging and you know mm-hmm. that you need to get rid of some of it but the minute you yeah. take it out oh god I love that you haven't worn it in two years I love yeah. that you don't love it very much do you you need to you need to be ruthless sometimes you do and what I would say is having an organised wardrobe is very important seeing your items you know if you don't see an item the chances of you wearing it are quite slim. So bring out bring out your contents and as well, you know, avoid duplicate buying. A lot of us, you know, we can impulse buy and then you may realise I actually have a garment like that already in my wardrobe, but I just couldn't see it. So like decluttering is very important and also for our minds. You know, as I say, you can get overwhelmed. You have an awful lot of items in your wardrobe, but you must ask yourself, okay, number one, do they do they fit me? Mm-hmm. Um, number two, are they suitable to my lifestyle? You know, we've all had lifestyle changes or maybe work environment has changed. Maybe we're um, at home with children. We're off from work. Maybe we're only working two or three days. You know, so do we need then a full formal wardrobe or of workwear? So look at your lifestyle and make sure that your wardrobe suits your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Should you be prepared to throw stuff out? Yes, no, like if you really love an item, I wouldn't because you it's it's you have to feel comfortable and it's important to say that you are your own brand. So your clothes should always represent you. You should, you know, embrace your body shape. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can we can spend a lot of money on fast trends, but it's worthwhile, you know, spending money on foundation pieces that you know that you will wear every day. Your your shoes, your jeans, your suits, your shirts. And if you have, if you have, you know, we'll say 10 pairs of jeans, do you really need them if you're mm-hmm. only wearing jeans on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday? You know, you can pick out your one or two favourite pair that you feel comfortable in. Yeah. If you, and if you have, say, an item in your wardrobe that maybe is too long or is too tight, you know, befriend a tailor. Because if you have an item sitting in your wardrobe that you're not wearing, with, you know, that can be taken in or taken up, 
then you will wear it. Yeah. And it might it might cost a bit to get it altered, but at least then you're you're wearing something that's not sitting in the back of your wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. You you have a, a website, don't you, that people can book your consultations and all that. It's called lindadiblazzi.com, Yes. Yes, exactly. And I post a regular styling tips um, on my Instagram and Facebook page under Linda D. Blasi as well. Okay. And w- another one, just another one, free tip is, you know, just changing, we'll say even the parting of your hair, you know, can make a huge difference. So I would appeal to your listeners to go into their wardrobe this weekend, try on your outfits, look at what you have. If you have duplicate items, you know, and you're only wearing one or two, you know, give them to your thrift shops. We have fabulous charity shops here in Cork. And a lot of the items, you know, have tags on them as well. That just goes to show that people maybe are buying things, maybe not getting the, to try them on. Yeah. And then they're, they're building up in our wardrobes. So don't pack a load of items into your wardrobe. We don't need bulging wardrobes. We need a wardrobe that suits your lifestyle. You know, colours yeah. are very important to have in your wardrobe. And uh, colours, you know, knowing your colour palette. Yeah. So these are the colours like that suit your complexion. Yeah. If you have a wardrobe full of black clothes, just inject a bit of colour into it. Yeah. And, and that everything that you leave in there should be something that you're likely to wear in, in the short term or at least in the next season when it comes around. Linda, thank you. Linda de Blasi, she's a personal stylist and wardrobe declutterer and you'll find her on the website Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, de Blasi, D-I-B-L-A-S-I dot com. Thanks for that, Linda. Oh, and 0818, based here in Cork too, 0818 96 96 I want to get back down through some of those comments from earlier. Yes, talking uh, earlier on to Chantal about anosmia, the lack of a sense of smell or the loss of a sense of smell and how she wants to have it recognised as an actual sensory disability. Well said. I have it myself because of a brain injury and epilepsy. Cannabis works wonders. I nearly blew myself up over lockdown, left the gas on, and have no taste at all. Yeah, there's plenty of research needs doing into the whole cannabis side of things and how it might help with any particular illness. But look, talk to your doctor. That's a, a personal experience, though, someone who says that cannabis was helpful to them. My son has lost his sense of taste and smell for a long time after he broke his nose. Mags was saying she had... COVID a few weeks back and she's still only slowly getting her taste and smell back. On Cork City, another one. Chris says, my biggest fear is I can't find a toilet for my two or my four-year-old. That and their interactions with cars. That's why Douglas and Mahan Point shopping centres are easier with them. There's also little or no fear of violence down there. Yeah, come back to actually that, that idea of Councillor McNugent, that one of the, what you may call it, the, the, the pods, the coffee pods that are not occupied at the moment. It's a couple of them down there on the Mall or on the Grand Parade that no use at the moment, that we could maybe turn it into a temporary guard station. I think that's a fabulous idea. Just a guard, a hub, like a guard where the guards are there publicly visible to us the, the guards that are on the beat in the street and I remember this is going back a few years now when the ploughing championships was in Mogili in East Cork it's a while back I admit and I remember going down there to see them building it 
and they actually put a little Garda station into the middle of the ploughing festival site. It's a small little tiny Garda station and that I think is what Councillor Nugent was talking about, that the guards on the beat uh, in the streets around city centre would actually have this hub as a base. I think that's a fabulous idea. Courts 96 FM. Of course, the marquee in full swing, Musgrave Park in full swing, Elton John coming up at uh, Parky Cueve next week. But our music festival, our in-house music festival, also continues, and that's the Corks 96 FM's online station, the Back Garden Festival, streaming the biggest hits from the summer's headline acts. All of them are in there with Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialist in sound this summer. Listen on our app and or go to 96fm.ie. Busy myself with some gigs over the next week or so. I'm going to see the Pet Shop Boys tomorrow night. I'm going to Chic. I go to Darrow O'Brien. I go to Tommy Tiernan. I go to Elton John. I'm going to be busy for the next week or so. Looking forward to it too. I've missed this so much. 0818 96 96 96. I want to talk to Rose Burns about Bears Paw It Forward. I love the name, Rose. What's it all about? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, PJ. It's great to talk to you. And thanks for inviting me on the show. Um, Bears Paul Ford is a registered charity, home-based in Cork, which supports animal rescues, uh, dog, cat, equine and wildlife and organisations that supports the homeless with pets across Ireland and Northern Ireland by providing food and supplies. I know, long-winded. Break that down. What do you do? So we support, we give food and supplies to um, dog rescues, cat rescues, um, equine rescues, rescues through our Tucker's Trust equine care packages. And they would include the equine care packages. And we also have Bonnie's Hugs of Hope care packages are sent out to individual animals who need a little bit more TLC. So there could be medicated products in it or there could be BAMs or special creams, or a bed, or toys, treats, bits right. and pieces like that. So, Tell, tell me about yourself. Separate. How did you get into this work? Um, well, I started very late in life. Um, I'll be 51 this year, like, God help me. Oh, you're only a child. So we got Bear. Um, Bear adopted us from a Cork rescue in 2017. And Bear is a dog, I take it. His bear is our, uh, he's um, a lab staffy pit cross um, and he comes from rescue and he had a bad start to life but I just wanted to do something more for him and there have been so many stories about the homeless that had pets and there's not enough accommodation for them, yeah. they weren't getting support and help that they need. There was families being split up. Um, we do help other rescues with people who are in temporary accommodation, but there is families on the streets, especially yeah. in Dublin. Yeah. And yeah, we really wanted to do something. Around, you'd see people around the town there, you know, and you know that they've either got no home to go to or they're waiting on a bed in a hostel or whatever, and they've got a little dog with them. And the dog, you know, it's so sad. The dog is the only friend they have. It's their lifeline to the world, you know, and people need to realise that. You know yourself, especially over lockdown, when we had no one to talk to and we couldn't. But as long as we had a little friend who who doesn't speak to us but is there, it's someone you need to look after and whatever, and it keeps you going and it keeps you focused that you can't just go away and do something to yourself. 
yeah. and not and leave the world that you actually have a responsibility just because they can't talk to you. They're you know like a child who cannot speak doesn't mean they haven't they have nothing to say. That's right. Um, and and they can be very um, they're full of empathy as well, you know, and stuff. I know of my two, you know, if you get upset or whatever, they're straight over and wanting to know what's going on. Can yeah. I comfort you? Your can dog, I give your you a hug? doesn't know what's wrong with you, but understands you're not right and, and, and looks up at you and goes as if to say, if they could speak, they'd go, I don't know what it is, but I actually do care. <laughs> yes, and I want to give you a hug and make it all better. That's right. You know, like you'd say to your own child, you know, yeah. that guy, sometimes you a, might not know what's going on. Yeah, there's a guy around town I spotted from time to time, and uh, he's not an old man by any means, but he's clearly either of no fixed abode or very limited means, but he has this scraggy little dog, and, and the, you can see the two of them. I, I saw him one day going into a shop, and obviously he didn't have a whole pile. He came out with a sandwich and a bottle of water. But what he had was he had a little packet of the cheapest, now the cheapest corned beef or whatever you can get in the shop for the dog. And yeah. and, and, and it was just to, to, to see the two of them on the side of the road. But he was struggling, I imagine, for the couple of bob to pay for that little bit of meat. Yeah, but uh, and it's it's just like the, the organisations we help as well say that that a lot of them do go without yeah. just to feed to you know feed the animal dog. that they have and whatever and that's the saddest part ever you know because if something happens to them and they have nowhere to go and whatever what's going to happen to the dog they're worried then at what's going to happen to the dog you know yeah. what i mean and that's such as the story that we want to get out there is we're doing our best to help them. We support in Cork and yeah. Dublin, Galway, the North, whatever, when it comes to those organisations. Yeah. But they really need help, you know, mm. and a little kindness, you know, goes a long way. So you, you, don't you supply them with food. You, you obviously fundraise and then you supply the various charities with, with food to give the animals. And I also do human food. So we, we collect. We try and source, we, we try and get as much, we try and stretch, stretch our budget. Now, there's a lot we do, but we try, sometimes we have to borrow a pod to pay Peter or whatever. Yeah. But we do supply like crisp porridge pots, soup pots, noodle pots, yeah. anything to keep them going, you know. Um, and then sometimes we do get, especially over the winter time, we try to do extra care packages that would have warm socks, hats and gloves, hand warmers, maybe jackets, if we can get them. But we're relying heavily on the generosity of others because we don't get any funding at all um, because we were the first of its kind to be registered. We're two charities on one, so therefore there's no box for us to fit into. I see. Um, I see. And I don't think that's going to do Now, there's soon. a very well-known pet food company called Burns yes. Pet Food. They're, they're Welsh-based, I believe. And they do That's an right. award scheme, and you've come to their attention. Yes, I'm over the moon. I got so emotional even thinking about it. We have been shortlisted, one in three, nationally, to receive their help for a year. So That's in amazing. that year, we was... Yeah, it is... Um, sorry, I don't want to get upset. It's very emotional for us to be recognised for the fact that we were making a difference um, yeah. because we don't have a premises, it's from our home um, and that we do yeah, it's just been phenomenal it's just the recognition alone has yeah. been a major boost. Like, and and Burns is us. a very, very, because Burns your vet, your 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 doggy daycare people, they'll all recommend Burns food to you like it's, it's yes. this is this is the It's a very prestigious company, like, I mean this is the be all and end all for yeah. us, like I mean this would be life changing 
for the charity. And and yeah. if you win this, they'll supply you. Yes, they will for a year, and there's all sorts of different promotional opportunities and all sorts of different things involved as well. That's so yeah, where, where can make, people make... see more? I love Bears Pod Forward. Love the name. Love the name. <laughs> where can people see some more, Rose? Right. So we're actually on Facebook and Instagram, and we also have a website which is www.bearspodforward.ie, and on that you'll find all about us and how you can help us. And also how we're trying to protect the environment as well, because we, uh, Earth Breeze in Canada have also partnership with us, and they supply us with um, eco-friendly, sustainable detergent sheets, wow. which we can send over our donation. And they've just recently made a donation to us in the last couple of days of three thousand pounds worth of product. So I just want to mention them as well. Do you know when you uh, what bear is a cross between what and what again? You were telling me he's a staffy lab pit. He's a bully breed. Right, he sounds lovely, and, and he sounds like a big adorable creature. When you adopted oh, him from a rest from a rescue, and you came mm-hmm. up with this idea, and now one of the biggest pet food companies in the world. <laughs> Is shortlisting you for supplying this, and you've just getting big donor. This is taken off for you, Rose. It has. It's just. It's. I just at the start, we were just doing anything we could, you know, to act as a buffer so that we could save rescues and organisations money, so they could spend it on vet bills and yeah. other areas, you know, and. It's like, I don't know, it's just like a dream come true. Like, it's one of the things off the bucket list for Bear anyway. He's a big, long bucket list. Fantastic. But, well, well. Um, yeah, so we're very focused on the future and we will continue to do what we can. And if I say, and one thing I have to say is to thank everyone who volunteers and transport us for, across every county in Ireland. We really, really appreciate it. Right. We'd be lost without them all. So I just want to say that. All right, listen, good luck with the future. Let us know how that award goes. Let us know how that Oh, award. I will. Ah, I will indeed. It's fantastic. Indeed. And I'm so thrilled for you. Rosebourne's um, bears paw it forward. And as the owner of a small zoo, membership two dogs, two cats, and presently... Uh, I'd be on a rent if I don't stop. Is it just me, or are there more flipping boards around, pooing on the deck and pooing in the... Ah! Anyway, as the owner of a small zoo with two dogs, two cats, and about 300 birds are in the back garden at the moment, I'm delighted for Rose. Absolutely delighted. That's, I think, it. It is? Yes, that is it. The programme edited by Fiona Corcoran, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Look after yourselves. See you tomorrow, just after nine. The freshest hits of 2022. Or train harder while we pump out the bangers. The Hit Mix and the Fit Mix are streaming live right now. On the Quartz 96 FM app. Download it today. Download it today. Listen on your smart speaker or go to 96fm.ie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.